0: Good afternoon. My name is John Felticchio, and I am the Acting Deputy Mayor for Planning and Economic Development. Uh, I'm joined at the table today by Christy Whitfield, uh, the Director of the Department of Small and Local Business Development, uh, Anna Smith, the Director, Executive Director of the Workforce Investment Council, and Von cook uh, the Director of Business Development in the Deputy Mayor for Planning and Economic Development uh, Office. We also are joined uh, on the screen today uh, by Jeff Finkel. Uh, from the pre- uh, who is the president and CEO of the International Economic Development Council. Uh, so we want to walk you through a couple of slides today. Uh, if you are listening on the phone, we'll have this up on the coronavirus.dc.gov website, uh, and we'll also uh, are streaming this on uh, Facebook and Twitter uh, on at Mayor Bowser. So if you want to uh, join us there, uh, that's where you can see the deck that we're going to walk through uh, this afternoon. And so, the uh, District Economic Recovery Team, established by Mayor Bowser, uh, was, is a cross-agency team led and housed uh, in our agency, the Office of the Deputy Mayor for Planning and Economic Development. As a team, we want to prepare districts uh, to uh, effectively to take on the following tasks, uh, assess federal programs, uh, coordinate D.C. government agencies in order to accelerate, adjust, and create local programs and policies to support economic recovery leverage data and uh, analysis to inform strategy and program and policy development, uh, as well as um, uh, beginning some of the longer-term plans uh, in order for us to uh, restart uh, the district economy. And so, we've begun to identify existing programs, policies, and resources across uh, the district, federal, and private platforms to collaborate on both recovery and preliminary conversations on reopening. So this crisis has created a challenge and opportunity for us to rebuild the district and rise stronger and even more as an equitable city than before. Our four mission areas reflect uh, how we're engaging uh, the community in order to do so. So We want to look at uh, these four key areas. Uh, They include uh, federal funding and federal programs. Uh, This will be critical to our economic recovery. Uh, We know we can't do this alone, so we want to highlight the federal funding opportunities Uh, that our small businesses and employers uh, can access in order to uh, get the recovery started. So, many of our agencies are working with federal partners to help monitor uh, the resources and programs that are specific to businesses, workforce, housing, and other issues relevant to our economic recovery. Uh, We also have a good deal of work to do on strategy and programs uh, where we'll create the criteria Uh, for a living framework to guide our economic recovery efforts. Uh, One of the uh, other pegs that you'll see on our slide deck is uh, engagement. Our strategy must involve uh, being informed by others. Uh, None of us have encountered a pandemic before, and it's critical that we both understand our stakeholders in forums like this and leverage their perspective and ideas uh, as well. And then economic intelligence. We're going to use uh, existing data, identify new sources of data, and leverage external data analysis and partners in order to uh, provide uh, pathways for recovery uh, that will inform both our decision-making and our strategy uh, in the near and over time. So, what I want to do next is uh, uh, invite one of our guests or our guest speaker for today uh, to inform us about some of the best practices that Uh, small businesses can undertake in order to get through this trying time. Uh, So, Jeff Finkel is currently the President and CEO of the International Economic Development Council, also known as IEDC. Uh, Today, IEDC is the world's largest economic development membership organization and is renowned for its leadership in professionalizing and diversifying the field of economic development. Jeff previously served as a Deputy Assistant Secretary in the uh, Department of Housing and Urban Development. He's received numerous awards for his commitment to making sustainable economic development a priority in communities of all sizes. He's a longtime leader in community service and philanthropy. And in 2005, he organized 250 economic development volunteers to work in the Gulf Coast communities, uh, endeavoring to recover from Hurricane Katrina. He's a frequent lecturer and author of uh, numerous articles Uh, And he's appeared on CBS Sunday Morning, Fox Television, and the Journal uh, Report on PBS. And so, Jeff, I'll turn it over to you, and I know you've got some slides to walk us through today.
1: Thank you very much. I I appreciate you uh, noting the things that we have done in the past. And of particular relevance to my comments today is the work we did in 2005 when we
2: started uh, recruiting volunteers
1: uh, to go to the Gulf Coast after the treatment uh, hit both uh, Louisiana, Mississippi, and a part of Alabama. What we are experiencing now is 50 hurricanes hitting uh, the United States all of them. Probably say more than that, because it also hit history. Eco, Virgin Islands, Northern Marianas, and whatever other swamp. Out of the street where a lot of business was done. Uh, but I've never seen uh, the city as the situation that it's in today. Many businesses are not open, people are not coming to the city.
0: Jeff, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Can we actually... We're going to come back to you in one moment. We're having a little technical glitch. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn to Sabangale, um and ask her to give an update on the uh, microgrant program. And while we do that, we're going to get the sound a little bit better for those who are listening on the phone. Uh, and then we'll come back to Jeff to... Uh, hear him out and hear the uh, presentation on the 10 principles. Uh, so we'll turn it now to Sabangloid Cook uh, to update. Sorry about that, Jeff, if you give us one moment.
3: Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, so as we know, the mayor and council uh, invested $25 million in the Micro Relief Fund uh, to support small businesses here in the district uh, in this time of the COVID-19 experience we going through. We do know that we received over 7,000 applications in 16 different industry classes. And so, at this time, that application has closed, and the team is diligently uh, reviewing applications, and as we continue to do that, we are on pace to uh, provide and begin doing notifications at the, at the end of this month. Uh And so, that has been our communication. Feel free, if you have questions and you'd like to inquire, go to the uh website to find your business. There is a, uh, an email where you can feel free to shoot us any kind of questions that you might have. Uh, we are available to respond, um, but at this time, we currently plan to uh, continue to do no- notifications, uh, to start those notifications
0: at the end of this month. Thank you, Debbie. It's going to take us a little bit more time to get the phone uh, connection better with uh, Jeff. I'm going to turn over to Director Whitfield, who's going to walk us through a little bit about what uh, the uh, Department of Small local business development is doing uh, as we look towards the recovery. Chris
4: uh, Sure. Thank you, Deputy Mayor. So the Department of Small Local Business Development has had, you know, tangible, as we know, that our small businesses are really one of the front lines on the, you know the facing the coronavirus. Our businesses are are really out there every day suffering at, at the hands of this virus. And one of our I There's a lot of activity that DSLBD has been very, very busy at. So, in addition to that, to the help we're providing um, supporting the SBA, we have been closing out the $800,000 in Roper's retail grants that the mayor and the deputy mayor were gracious to allow our parties teachers you renegotiate your loan in a, a post COVID nineteen environment? What are the types of pivots that are necessary as you're looking at your as your business model? Because we know that our environments are changing, and you know some of those changes create opportunities. What are the great kinds of pivots that we're seeing right now? What's the types of pivots that we are maybe anticipating? You know, what are the types of help you might need? You know, some of these some of these changes might be tools that are kind of going to talk about, but we will be getting experts at help people resource access the resources like, is bankruptcy a tool that I want you might need to look at as I am repositioning myself for the next phase of my business? So we'll be having a calendar of events that people can just log on to and hopefully watch and get those types of resources. We're also reminding people that now is the time to really reach out to your lenders, to your different partners, to ask about accommodations because we know that there are a lot of resources out there and we know that lenders are having a level of patience if you, you know, can say you've got a COVID-19 issue to get, the, when you get some relief maybe get some patience maybe get a few months of, of debt forgiveness um, you have to ask you have to call and you have to ask and we want to remind people because sometimes you might not think that it's just as easy as a phone call sometimes it, it actually is um, we want to make sure that people are are turning over every single leaf. We are also working to find other resources. There are a series of grant grant resources, and we are hunting those resources, and on are outside of government. And we are filing those uh, those resources up onto current virus back So we are making sure that you know if you uh, have needs, that we are trying to find what those needs can be, and we're willing to look at So thank you.
0: Great. Thank you, uh, Director Whitfield. So, just for our uh, listeners' awareness, so the uh, Economic uh, Injury Disaster Loan and the Emergency Loan Advance are both uh, programs that are administered directly by the SBA. That's
4: correct.
0: And then for the uh, Paycheck Protection Program, that's administered... um, The
4: Paycheck Protection Program are administered by SBA-certified lenders. So if you have a relationship with a lender, you, um, your banker is the one that makes those loans. And so if you don't have a relationship with a lender, on the SBA website there are lists of approved lenders that can that could work you, that work with you for those loans. So the lenders themselves do the payroll protection um, loans, and the SBA directs those those other resources.
0: Fantastic. And then uh, we're going to go back to Jeff Finkel again uh, in just one moment. And so. Uh, he shared a website. I know we were having a little bit of trouble uh, uh, with the sound, so we're going to try to go back to Jeff in one moment, uh, but the website that he shared uh, was RestoreYourEconomy.org, uh, which is a good place to see resources uh, that are available to uh, small businesses and others as they think through the recovery. Uh, so let's try to go back to Jeff now to see. Uh, Jeff, if, if you can go to where you were in the presentation, we'll put on the uh, on the screen the 10 Guiding Principles for Economic Resilience. Uh, if you want to start there, uh, we'll make sure that uh, folks can hear. But if you want to uh, kick it off from there, your uh, first slide is up on the screen now.
1: Great. Can you hear me now better?
0: I think so. Let's. If you can keep going, it'll give us the chance to hear back from the people on the Great. telephone.
1: Great. Thank you. So, as I indicated before, uh, these uh, 10 principles were provided to us by Richard Florida, uh, a professor, uh, urban expert, and a well-known author. Uh, And a couple weeks ago, he spoke to about 1,300 of our members. And he went through, and uh, and his key points were, now is the time to collaborate, not compete. Uh, The district is not in competition with Maryland competition with Virginia, not in competition with any of the surrounding communities or counties. We're all in competition against the virus. It's a time that we should be thinking about how do we collaborate, Um, and particularly uh, a collaboration around um, health, uh, around testing, and to make sure that uh, our businesses will thrive. The second thing spoke about, is uh, what type of economy do we want in the future? And we we, we talked about the whole issue of diversification. We uh, need to think about what's going on with our big firms, what's going on with our small firms. Uh, The district is probably more vulnerable in some ways uh, because of its reliance on tourism and large cities. So, we have to, at, at this particular time, uh, think about uh, both how we resurrect those businesses, but how do we think about diversifying the economy so that in the future, if there is an episode like this again, uh, or some other episode that interrupts our tourism-based economy, uh, how do we survive in a better uh, place? Third, uh, healthcare and public health are economic development at this particular time. We're not going to be able to open our shops. We're not going to be able to go to a restaurant. We're not going to be able to hold church meetings unless we know that there is a uh, an environment that is something virus free and a healthcare system that is able to take care of us uh, should we, in fact, uh, get the coronavirus or COVID-19. Uh, we also need to think about, uh, as a nation, this is probably not as much a Washington, D.C. issue. Uh, do we have the ability to provide our healthcare staff the appropriate protections, PPE? Uh, do we have the ability to get ventilators and pharmaceuticals and not necessarily with the supply chain that wraps around the world? We need a supply chain that is based here if the district is part of that supply chain or be it. Uh, But I think of that more as in manufacturing areas where the district is is not as strong. Uh, Rural communities must uh, regionally plan to build more robust economies. I frankly think that um, uh, some people will think about less density and we may lose some population uh, to more rural places as a result of this experience. That we've just had. We need to ensure that we have a safety We need to have a safety net for employees who have lost their jobs. We need to think about health care for people who no longer have insurance. We need to think about uh, a safety net for people that uh, have businesses that are struggling at this particular point in time. And uh, the presentations we just heard over the last few minutes uh, give us a Generally good idea that the district is thinking along those lines. Um, we need to have skill investments that must be uh, accelerated and inclusive. Uh, it's, a, it's a time to explore the future energy and uh, ways of shifting energy. Uh, we now have seen the oil industry's market fall completely out of the out of the sky. Uh, it was Somebody said on NPR in the last couple of days, uh, a 55-gallon barrel, which typically would hold crude uh, oil, uh, is probably an empty barrel that's more than a barrel full of crude oil. Uh, so how do we affect our um, economy in a way that we are not necessarily uh, reliant on uh, fossil fuels? Uh, do we have the ability to go into airports? train stations, bus stations, in a way that uh, we don't get old or walk away with the virus. So, are our, our airports in pandemic proof? And uh, I, I think what we're going to see as a result of our recent experience is we're going to be preparing for more remote work. And what does that mean to the real estate industry? What does that mean to shopping centers? What does that mean to office buildings? and we may have to be thinking uh, through uh, how the cities divide uh, if more and more businesses go remote. So those were the major points that uh, Richard Florida raised, and as um, during the time when you didn't hear me all so well, I said one of the most important things for the district to be thinking about other and useful ways to spend some of the federal money that is coming through, It is also how we test, trace, and quarantine people that have the coronavirus so that we can get back on economy, so we can get back to a city where uh, what's going to work or getting on the metro doesn't necessarily get us sick and, and, and either send us home for two weeks or to the hospital with something serious. I want to commend the district for the work that they're uh, attempting to do on on helping our businesses and our uh, citizens get back to work and reopen as soon
0: as practical. Thank you. Great. And, uh, Jeff, we want to thank you for joining us. I think we're going to ask you to stay, uh, if we can, uh, technologically keep you connected. Uh, when we open it up for questions, we'll see if we can uh, have you take a few questions as well. Uh, but thank you for that uh, that national and international perspective. Uh, and one of the uh, things you talked about was uh, skill investment must accelerate, uh, and so that's a good segue to Anna Smith, uh, the Executive Director of our Workforce Investment Council, uh, to talk about some of uh, the challenges we see ahead, uh, but also those opportunities that we see as well.
5: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Deputy Mayor, and thank you, Jeff, for that perfect tee up uh, uh, My name is Anna Smith, and I support the Mayor Bowser-appointed Workforce Investment Council here in the District of Columbia. Uh, It's uh, predominantly led by members of our private sector, uh, business leaders who who are struggling with many of the same challenges Director Whitfield spoke about, um, but also comprising of community organization representatives uh, and government officials. Um, And the Workforce Council and my team and I um, are positioned to to support um, uh, not only the recovery efforts, but how we in government uh, coordinate our efforts in response to this pandemic as we think about recovery uh, and more immediately reopening. Um, And so we think about it in a number of ways. Um, And for those of you less familiar with the workforce system, uh, a lot of the coordination happens through our American Job Centers. And so uh, a core partner of ours is the Department of Employment Services, uh, who is currently providing a lot of support uh, for those seeking unemployment insurance benefits. Um, I want to commend my colleagues for all of the resources they're putting out there. Um, But the workforce system also includes many other agencies that are also focused on providing training, uh, career coaching, uh, skills development, uh, adult education um, across our human services, disability services, and adult education uh, agencies. And so the Workforce Council and our board uh, uh, support the mayor and support uh, our use of resources to ensure that um, the work that we are delivering is coordinated and aligned. And so that's why it's been uh, a pleasure and an opportunity for us to bring our muscle and our team uh, into the work of the economic recovery team led by the deputy mayor. Uh, And uh, a a number of things that we are focused on, um, Jeff uh, spoke to. And so um, we are, um, unlike many of our colleagues who are um, thinking about the financial impacts to residents and to businesses right this second, we are looking uh, slightly more longer term um, as we think about uh, what it will take to reopen businesses, what it will take to ensure that employers have the workforce that they need, and that our workers and our residents have access to the training and the skills in order to be able to enter back into the workforce. And so we think about it in a few buckets. Uh, first, how we serve workers. Uh, most immediately and also in the longer term, we know that job seekers are going to need um, new and different ways of accessing training and skills development and support services. As we think about um, the need to access those remotely, um, how we provide training, provide access. To Technology um, and provide um, the resources needed to be able to engage in job search, in interviews and assessments. Um, we're working very closely with our partners to assess uh, what resources we might want to uh, ensure are ready, readily available and at scale. Um, we also think about from the employer's perspective. Um, many employers uh, are, are asking us um, about opportunities to learn how better to conduct those interviews, to connect with uh, employees or f- future employees. Um, in this moment where we are all um, staying at home for ourselves and for others. And so um, what are the training or the resources or opportunities that the workforce system can deploy to support our employers? Um, We're doing a bunch of analysis around that uh, to make sure that we have those resources available day one uh, and into the future. Um, And overall, more comprehensively, we're thinking about what does the future of the workforce system look like? Um, What are the industries that might need um, a big lift and widened, broadened pipelines of, of individuals, of workers um, in the short term, uh, particularly as we think about healthcare and the importance of um, uh, contact tracing, of, of health screening as we seek to reopen business. Um, how do we ensure that we can match people who maybe have lost their jobs um, with the skills that to be readily trained to be able to take those positions that will also help us in our economic recovery. And so um, my team and I and the economic recovery team are conducting that analysis, working with our partners, um, and looking forward to thinking about what it will take to and how we will um, really prepare for massive workforce rehiring uh, and make sure that our workers and employers have the supports they need.
0: Thank you, Ana. And as we all learn uh, new skills, we're learning how to host this tele-town hall uh, <laughs> yes, with yeah. somebody remotely uh, participating, uh, as well as uh, several hundred people uh, on the phone, uh, as well as folks viewing on social media. Uh, so, what we're going to do now is we're going to turn toward uh, our, uh, well, we've got one more actual uh, slide that we want to show you, which is slide number 18. Uh, and so, if you have recommendations for the economic recovery, we want to hear from you. So, if you go to coronavirus dc.gov recovery, uh, and you go into the business section, there is a form that you could fill out to send us those ideas that you have uh, to aid us along in the recovery. Uh, And so if you go to that uh, webpage, coronavirus.dc.gov, and look for the recovery page, uh, you'll also find the deck from today's uh, presentation posted there as well uh, in case you wanted to skim through that again. And so this is the portion where we start opening it up towards the questions, and so, if uh, you do have a question, you could press zero now, and uh, you can uh, be queued in, uh, put in the queue for a question. Uh, and so, I want to um, also just reiterate uh, the website that Jeff had shared, which is RestoreYourEconomy.org, and then the other site, the district government site, which is uh, coronavirus.dc.gov. Uh, it has all the resources uh, for uh, businesses, as well as individuals uh, as we think through uh, recovery. And so, I'm going to look to the team now to see uh, if we have uh, folks
1: queued up for calls. All right. Okay. And the first caller is?
0: Okay, great. So, we have uh, Kathy from the uh, Restaurant Association. Kathy, can you
1: hear us? Kathy, your line should be open now.
0: Okay. All right, we'll try. Uh, we had uh, queued up to start us off on the question portion. We had Kathy, Kim, and Erica. And let's see if Kim is your line open or Erica. Okay. If not, what we'll do is we'll go to the. Yes, first.
6: hi. This
7: is Kim.
0: Oh, Kim. How are you? This is Kim from Think Olga First, and speak, correct? Yeah,
7: yeah, I have All right, a so situation. We, you have
0: the floor. Okay.
7: okay i am employed in dc full-time i am also a sole proprietor i own an airbnb and a dc rental condo with a business license i applied for unemployment because i was told as a sole proprietor or a gig worker i could do so i applied and department of employment services filed a claim against my current employer where i am employed which highly annoyed my HR director. I want to know how do sole proprietors of Airbnb properties that have zero business now because of the travel ban and property owners that rent condos have no business because I rent to graduate students and the graduate students have left D.C. and gone home. So as a sole proprietor, I have no income because I have no guests or tenants. How do I apply to the CARES Act?
0: That's a really good question, and I know a lot of uh, individuals in the district are having that same question, Uh, so we appreciate that. Uh, One, uh, directly, you can email uh, PUA at DC.gov. So, the P stands for Pandemic Unemployment Assistance, right? So, it's PUA at DC.gov. What that will do is it will put you into the queue uh, for when uh, the system is able to uh, process that kind of claim. Uh, that you'll get notification for it. And so, what we'll ask you to do is email PUA at DC.gov and that will get you that information, uh, get you registered uh, for when that is open. And then uh, the other thing I just want everybody to note is that tomorrow at the Mayor's 11 a.m. briefing, uh, she'll be joined by the Director of the Department of Employment Services uh, to talk through where we are uh, with uh, unemployment claims and where we are with uh, benefits as well. So. Uh, To your uh, question, I know a lot of folks have questions about unemployment, uh, and we will have uh, a briefing tomorrow at 11 a.m. You'll be able to uh, join uh, by watching on Channel 16 or on Facebook or Twitter, uh, and our social media platforms will have that. And we'll look uh, to hear from the director on uh, where we are with unemployment insurance, because I know that's a pressing topic. So, And now we'll go to uh, our next caller, who
6: is Margie. Margie, your
0: line should be open.
6: Yes, hi. Um, I did not understand. Um, I, I own Zenith Gallery and been
5: in, I've been in business in this town
6: for 42 years, and um, I applied for the you know the grant um, with the city. And when
5: are we going to hear?
6: Sure. So Sabanglay, uh, you want to uh, answer
1: that one?
3: Hi, Marty. So, we are in line and on pace to begin doing notification at the end of this month. So, you should be hearing something from us by the end of this
0: month. Great. And, Subhanoish, tell us, too, so we opened up the grant application process. When did we open that up? Uh, that
3: That was three weeks ago. We closed on the 1st. Uh, and we've begun uh, packing. Uh, we've begun review and uh, are still doing review. Uh, as you all know, we have received over 7,000 applications. Uh, so uh, we do still plan to make notifications at the end of the month. But I just forgot to state
0: that. We opened it up. Oh no problem. I was just so we set up that process in
3: pretty quick. To find it.
0: Yeah, pretty quick. Uh, and we want to make sure we understand how uh, stressful of time this is for everyone. Uh, and we are working as quickly as we can to uh, review those uh, applications, to evaluate them. And then, like we said, we've made a commitment to get that closed out uh, this Absolutely. month uh, and we'll make sure we make those awards this month. Absolutely.
3: So, we'll see here from us very
0: soon. Great. And the email address, too, for folks with questions about uh, grants. Yeah.
3: You will you will see the uh, email address on the coronavirus.uc.gov website, but you can always email us at genpid.release
0: at dc.gov. Thank you. Uh, Next up is Kevin. Kevin, you've got a a question for us. Your line should be open.
1: Yes, hello. My name is Kevin. I understand that um, COVID-19 has thrown us into a bit of a recession, and I just want to know how bad is the recession going to be thus far, and how realistic is it for us to open up on May the 19th or the middle of May, and is that a a realistic goal?
0: Sure. Thank you for the question. So, we are uh, currently assessing that, and one of the key markers uh, that you can uh, monitor is uh, the number of new cases that are reported each day. Uh, And so, what we need to see in order to have a safe opening is a decline in the number of cases over a 14-day period. And so, currently, we haven't seen a steady decline Uh, but we would need to see that over a 14-day period. In terms of where we are on the economy and our uh, financial forecast, we're actually gonna do a briefing on Friday about that uh, because that is when the uh, Chief Financial Officer for the District of Columbia will release uh, the financial forecast. So April 24th uh, was the date that we set some time ago uh, when this uh, all started and when we wanted to know exactly what the impact would be on our economy and on the district government revenue. And so, on Friday, we'll have more information about um, our uh, financial forecast for the district. Uh, so, thank you for that question. Uh, we'll have more information uh, later this week. Uh, so, we're now going to take our next caller, uh, which is Tom, uh, is open.
2: Hi, this is uh, Tom, uh, Tom Goldstein. I'm with a Cogent Law Group. We're in Ward 2. And uh, we have a number of uh, small business clients, like restaurant owners, uh, nightclub owners. And my question is, not you know, w- w- what do you guys have planned? Um, they're dealing with significant challenges right now of getting, um, you know, having to pay their rent. Um, but you know, above and beyond the immediate issue, when they reopen, it's likely they're going to have to reopen at only like partial capacity. Probably because of social distancing, like restaurants are talking about opening, maybe, you know, spacing out the tables more. As a practical matter, this means that their revenue, you know, their rents are basically calculated on revenues they can generate per square foot. Well, they're only going to be able to generate maybe half the revenues per square foot because they're going to have half the occupancy. Um, So my question is, what's the plan that the district has or a transition for, you know, retail businesses like restaurants, nightclubs um, that, you know, are not gonna be up full capacity. How do we uh, deal with the challenges like uh, rent without, you know, again, putting all the burden on the landlords? So what are you can you what can you tell me about that?
0: Sure. So I'm gonna to turn to Christine a bit to just talk about some of the work that we do with uh, the main streets and Uh, some of the outreach we've been doing to small businesses so she could share some of the feedback. But definitely appreciate the feedback. And if you do have any recommendations for how we should approach this, definitely want you to uh, go on to uh, coronavirus.dc.gov and give us your feedback uh, because this is new to all of us. And so we do want to hear from uh, the community uh, as you deal with these issues every day some of your best ideas about uh, how to recover and how to open safely. Um, but Christy, can you talk to us a little bit about what you've been hearing from the main streets and how they're planning for uh, the eventual uh, reopening?
4: Well, I, you know, I think the caller brings up one of the most important uh, questions, which is that we, you know, we are all wondering what the new normal is going to be, and we're trying to figure that out, you know, piece by piece. You know, the short answer is we don't have the full picture because there are a lot of things that we don't know. You know, at the Main Street level, we are talking to businesses about, you know, what do these pivots look like and how are we going to try and, you know, prepare and be creative? We know that uh, entrepreneurs are problem solvers and we're trying to figure out how are we going to be able to, you know, bridge that gap. But we also know, to the caller's point, that, you know, value, value is set on the amount of income that you can bring in and there are some places where the lines are not gonna cross, and we're gonna have to be able to find creative ways to have that conversation. You know, that's a lot of what the jury is there for. You know, and we want to make sure that as we're planning this recovery, that we are weaving conversations around equity and parity and fairness. I think this is a piece of values that Mayor is instilling into the jury team, and that is the reason that the Small Business Voice is an important part of that conversation.
0: And I do want to, uh, before we go to our next question, I do want to turn to the line because we have uh, with us uh, Director Morris Hughes from the Department of Employment Services, uh, just to give us an update on uh, the previous question. Uh, Director, are you with us?
8: I am. I am. First of all, you did a fabulous job answering, um, spoken like a true um, pro. Um, The guidance that you gave was absolutely correct. for questions or um, if you're interested in filing PUA, we do ask everyone to go to PUA at dc.gov. Um, as a reminder, the um, Pandemic Unemployment Assistance Program um, is really an offshoot or derivative of the Unemployment Insurance Program. And it's meant to support individuals that may not be traditionally um, uh, eligible and meet the eligibility criteria for uh, UI. Um, there is a plethora of information and in a brand new guide on unemployment insurance um, filing and um, and FAQs on the COVID nineteen um, website um, that individuals should look at as well. Um, and I'm I'm standing by to take any other specific UI questions that may come
5: up.
0: Great. And, Director, uh, just for everyone's awareness who's listening, uh, on coronavirus.dc.gov recovery, if you go to the individual section, that's where you'll find the new Guide to Unemployment Insurance. So, uh, that's where it's posted. Uh, so, again, it's on the coronavirus.dc.gov the recovery section, but if you go to the uh, Recovery for Individuals, that's where you'll find uh, the Guide uh, that the Director just alluded to. Um, so, next up uh, is Joseph. Uh, Joseph, your line should be open. Hello, how you doing?
1: Good, how are you? Um I'm doing pretty good. Um my question was um when I was when when we filled out the, the forms for the twenty five thousand dollar grant from Washington, it had to be in like real early. Like the cutoff date was it was like two weeks ago or a week ago or something. And a lot of the information that I might have put on the form might not have been accurate. Now, when y'all review the applications, are y'all giving the the business owner a, a chance to get his paperwork together to submit it properly? Okay. Wow. Hi, um, Joseph. Hi, Joseph.
0: Uh, thank
3: you for your question. So, yes, sir, as we are beginning our notification process, We will be reaching out to individuals for greater clarity if there are missing documents, and so you will be given an opportunity to provide uh, documentation that could potentially be missing uh, in order for us to make a determination.
0: So next up, uh, we did find uh, Erica from the D.C. Chamber. Uh, We have uh, over 1,800 uh, folks called into the line, and we know there are also folks watching uh, on social media, so we want to thank everybody for joining. Uh, And Erica, your line should be open.
2: Yes. uh,
6: Thank you, Deputy Mayor. Can you hear me? Yes. Perfect. Um, Just a couple of ideas to encourage economic growth uh, and provide relief to businesses as you think through your recovery efforts. As you know, uh, businesses pay tens of million dollars to the ballpark fee, um, and we were wondering if the administration could do an analysis on relaxing the ballpark fee for the rest of this calendar year. That's one question, and then our second question is, you know, prior to the beginning of this public health emergency, uh, the DC Universal Pay leave Fund was near solvency levels and now has, you know, met the revenue estimates, you know, for the first year of benefits. So, can the executive support relaxing those quarterly payroll payments for the rest of the year as well?
0: And was there a third, I thought you said you had three. Is it three suggestions or those two?
3: Just those, those two. I'll save some more for later.
0: Sure. Thank you, Erica. Uh, so, definitely uh, understand that that is something uh, that folks have raised uh, to us. And what we want you to do, too, is uh, as an organization that represents small business, to submit your ideas and recommendations at the recovery website uh, as well. Uh, but what I'll say to that is, uh, on the specific question, is that the mayor will present her budget uh, to the council on May 12th. Uh, that's when we'll talk about uh, where we are uh, with uh, the different uh, uh, revenue and expenditures. And so I wouldn't want to get ahead of the mayor on that. Uh, And so what I'll do is uh, just put a pin in that question, uh, and we'll know that we'll have uh, more to say uh, in the coming days because we'll have the revenue uh, forecast, the financial forecast, on Friday. Uh, And then in the short period between that and May 12th, uh, the mayor will present the budget uh, to the council, uh, and the council will then begin to review it. So, I'll just put a pin in that question for right now. Uh, it's a good okay. one. I know it's on a lot of folks' mind, uh, minds, but for right now, uh, I want to leave that one to the mayor uh, to answer. Uh, but any suggestions, any recommendations can be submitted at uh, the coronavirus.dc.gov uh, site. Uh, so, with that, I think we have next uh, uh, Kathy Hollinger uh, from the Restaurant Association. Uh, Kathy?
6: Uh, So, I have a question and I have um, a comment because I heard a couple people mention this, but my question is, um, as we are collecting data every few days as an organization um, from our community of restaurant operators, what is the kind of data or information that may be helpful as you are um, guiding efforts considering additional relief or considering what recovery may be going forward, what the year may be go- going forward, as we want to make sure that in that place where we are regularly collecting data, that it is data that you can use as well and that is helpful based on anything you may need or um, more specifically insight from this industry.
0: No, that's a a great question, and I think uh, the best way to do that is we'll make sure that you connect with Sharon Carney, uh, who's uh, coordinating day-to-day operations of the district's economic recovery team, Uh, and what we'll do is we'll connect you with our economic intelligence unit uh, so that uh, you can make sure that you have a way to get some of that data uh, into it. They look at all sorts of data sets, both that the government collects, uh, as well as uh, data that uh, are in public bodies of information. And if the association had some data for us to look at, I know the team would be anxious to see what you have. Uh, so, that, that's, uh, great.
6: that's
0: a good follow-up on the question. And then you had a comment. Good.
6: And then my comment was, as we are um, having conversations with other states, particularly neighboring states, and some of our um, sister associations around the country, you know, there's been a lot of Um, pressure to create these guidelines and protocols specific to our industry, and we are doing that, but it's a different subset. I mean, it's all in relation to the key indicators that um, the Department of Health, the CDC is identifying, and I just wanted to reinforce with others on the call who may be operators or representing small business operators that the guidelines that we are creating as an industry are going to absolutely only be consistent with what we are receiving in terms of guidance and indicators for reopening from um, health professionals, definitely here, but across the region and, uh, and across the country. Um, and also, as those phases um, are defined, it's very possible that for some restaurant operators, it may not makes sense to jump to one phase, but rather remain in a current phase, given their business model and the costs associated with reopening, which again, is down the road, not clear when that would be. But it was really just to reinforce that point that nobody is really creating anything in silos. We want to make sure that we are only doing it Um, as we work within the key indicators that are identified from those who are managing and informing guidance around the pandemic.
0: Sure. And I may kick it over to Jeff in a moment just to get sort of how the the international perspective or the national perspective on how uh, associations and industries are kind of setting up their own guidelines. If Jeff has any insight into that, uh, that would be helpful because it seems like that's the approach of the Restaurant Association, and Kathy, can you tell us, too, how many kind of, when you look at your data as well, what do you see in terms of impact right now in terms of how many uh, operators are still in the restricted um, uh, state and how many have closed uh, completely? Can you talk us through that a little bit?
6: Sure. So, we are, it's interesting, it's been pretty consistent since, um, I believe it was March 11th, Um, but it's been fairly consistent, very, very little change. We are at about 38 percent of operators in the city. They have chosen to temporarily close, and 62 percent are open and offering takeout and delivery, of course, um, by mandate. And I will also state that Of that 38% who have temporarily closed, of course, the intention is to fully reopen. It's just that that may be staggered, of course, recognizing that there is a percentage that may choose that it's not sustainable. But there is also a very small percentage within that 38% who are reopening to offer this modified takeout and delivery only. They took a few weeks to figure out how they can rethink their business plan to be able to support um, what they need to to push out the services that are only required or allowed currently. But consistently, it's been 3862, and we're seeing a few that come online. Um, We are seeing less choosing to close who are currently opened in a modified Status. They have somewhat found a way to operate in a modified fashion, but that is not suggesting at all that it is easy, and they are probably only bringing in 20% at best, at best, um, based on what they were bringing in, of course, a year ago today.
0: Chip, let's hear your reaction to that, and also the approach on setting up guidelines being industry-driven. Kathy Hollinger from the Restaurant Association was saying about 38% of their operators have temporarily closed. So they haven't, uh, they've decided not to operate even on the grab-and-go or delivery model. And so what we were just wondering is, what do you see sort of nationally uh, or internationally in terms of uh, how businesses have adapted and then also how industry has led in terms of how to reopen?
1: So one of the things that we spent the last we we can have trying to understand is how well businesses reopen. And the most recent things that we're adding to restoreyoureconomy.org is uh, trying to uh, provide by various clusters what is it going to take to reopen or to get to some new normal. Uh, we have an example of a major manufacturer and what they are going to do, I I think it's going to be particularly hard for the sit-down restaurant uh, to open uh, until we have a better handle on testing and tracing, like I was talking about before. I do not... I have not seen a model yet uh, that shows us how we can uh, reopen the sit-down restaurant in a way that's going to be successful. I'm sure we're going to try, and I'm sure we're going to look at a lot of things between now and September, but that's going to be uh, one of those areas that's going to be problematic. The, the governor of, of, of Georgia has said that they are prepared to open up uh, hair cuttery operations um, almost immediately. That, again, is we're getting into the, the, the distance that they tell us we should be apart. part of. Uh, How are we going to open those up? I do want to add one other thing. Uh, it was mentioned earlier, the hope that there would be uh, some additional money for the uh, Payroll Protection Program. Uh, the Congress and the administration have agreed today for $484 billion, 321 of that will be uh, for the Payroll Protection Plan, and of that, $60 billion is set aside for under this uh, some of which, obviously, would be east of the river in,
0: in the District of Columbia and maybe other places in the district. I appreciate that. And also, uh, Kathy, if you're still on, is Kathy still with us?
6: Yes, I am.
0: We'll make sure that you and Jeff connect as well, just so that uh, we make sure that the perspectives are are shared both ways. Uh, so, we'll make sure we do I, that.
6: Great. I'd love that. Thank
0: you. Great. And then I also want to uh, point folks to uh, we're going to take one last question, uh, but I also want to point folks to a resource that uh, has been on the reading list of uh, uh, folks in the Bowser administration. Uh, and that is uh, it's from Johns Hopkins University uh, from the uh, School of Public Health. And it's the Public Health Principles for a Phased Reopening during COVID 19 uh, Guidance for Governors. Uh, as you know, uh, in emergency response, we act as a state, uh, and so in this instance, uh, the mayor is reading it in uh, her role as the mayor, county executive, uh, and governor. And so that is one uh, uh, resource that folks should look at. Again, it's the public health principles for a phased reopening during COVID-19, guidance for governors uh, from John Hopkins. Why don't we go to Pam uh, for the last question?
7: I have a question about the PPP. Um, Is anybody there thinking that something is going to happen, that there's going to be a change because so many restaurants are closed and so many businesses are closed past June 30th? Is there any hope that that will be changed when you can get loan forgiveness for that?
4: There is, you know, we know there is a hope that that there's going to be an ability to extend that deadline. Um, I've had some discussions. We've talked with our partners at SBA about some of the challenges that the businesses are hearing with the PPP. And we know we are echoing those challenges up to our partners at SBA, and you know, those have been reflected,
3: and, and we're hopeful that we're going to be able to see some flexibility for that.
0: And, Christy, can you speak to exactly what they're referring to the Jan- uh, June 30th?
4: The, the, the June 30th uh, deadline was the deadline by which the PvP requires that people rehire their, um, their employees, and so in a time when we have a stay-at-home order... Uh, and it's hard to say that you're going to be at a, even a you know, partial reopening, and then people have had a have had a hesitancy to say, oh, I'm going to be certainly able to rehire all my employees by June 30th when I'm not certain that I'll be back in the full swing of things, because even if the even if we're all you know back at work by that time, we're not sure that the the consumer confidence will be sort of bounced back. That point, and that we'll be operating at that level. And you know, we are hearing from businesses that we need to be able to phase in at a level that will track to the, the phasing in the consumer confidence and bringing a whole bunch of employees on to be fully staffed. That you know, that is not reflective of the, the flow of business. It's just not good business center.
0: Well, thank you for that. And I know there are still going to be a lot of questions about uh, PPP as well as the economic. Uh, injury, disaster loans, and so we'll continue to make sure that we do outreach uh, to the community and as we see changes, make sure that we alert uh, uh, our business community as well. So uh, you have our commitment on that. And so I just want to thank uh, Jeff for joining us, Christy, Anna, and Sabangwe, thank you for being with us here uh, today. We're going to wrap up uh, this hour-long telephone town hall, and thank you all for joining. I know we had some technical difficulties. Uh, But just like we will with the pandemic, we'll get through it. Uh, And we want to make sure that uh, we have given as much information as possible. And so just one last time, we'll uh, give the website. Jeff mentioned uh, his website that he's been working on and putting information, RestoreYourEconomy.org. And then all the resources that we talked about today are posted on coronavirus.dc.gov. And if you look uh, specifically in the recovery section, uh, you'll see uh, support for individuals as well as businesses. Uh, And just a programming note, tomorrow at 11 a.m., the mayor will be joined uh, by Director Unique Morris Hughes to talk about uh, unemployment insurance and where we are uh, with the uh, implementation and uh, activation of uh, all the resources that we might have available on that program. So I also want to thank uh, the Director, uh, Director Morris Hughes, for joining us on the phone uh, and all of our callers uh, who joined.
1: Uh, We appreciate you joining and we'll continue to work. Uh, to keep you informed. Thanks everyone.